Hey, Ryan, I uh, know you had an issue with our latest episode. Which one? This one? Yeah, so we did a <laughs> retrospective of uh, Cheshire Cat and... Um, yeah, just to continue our... Uh, continuing you know. our, our ongoing series of uh, really going way too in-depth with all the <laughs> albums, um, we did the first one. Yeah. And got some in, got yeah. into some like I historical think you did background. Some cool, yeah, historic shit. That was fun. Um, but... You know, uh, longtime fans of the show will know that maybe you know. I don't know if I've ever said this. I edited the episodes, and <laughs> I did one. I think there was uh, a problem. Well, with, I was with my editing. Um, <laughs> it was actually a problem. It's actually probably for the better. But <laughs> but I was listening to it this morning. Um, you know, post before it got put up. <laughs> you know, and uh, there was a part. <laughs> this is kind of a spoiler alert, but we kind of talk about like what songs were on the radio at the time when Blink was on, and Hooting the Blowfish was brought up. <laughs> and there's a point where I'm like, you know, he's like a famous country singer now. And we talked about like, is was his name Hootie? Was it not? <laughs> and yeah. it got cut from the show. I made I made the preposterous decision to cut that from the the, the Hootie and the Blowfish divergence. <laughs> From the Cheshire Cat episode. <laughs> and I was just like, it was just funny because I'm like. I woke up this morning to a text from Ryan that was just like, you cut the hootie? <laughs> <laughs> you cut a song about Hootie and the Blowfish? <laughs> and I, it was funny because it was like, I remember Hootie and the Blowfish being on the radio, but I could not remember one song. And I couldn't, and you did the research of what the guy's name is. <laughs> research. Of, <laughs> yeah, later that night I Googled, it's Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker. He's, as a, he's, a fam- he's like huge in the country right now. Yeah. But yeah, now that we were just spent the last like five minutes before recording this little intro, listening to Hooting the Blowfish. I don't want to be with you. So before we get into <laughs> Cheshire Cat, is there anything you want to say on Hootie and the Blowfish? Now, uh, now you have the floor. Uh, better than you remember, I think. You know, probably okay. <laughs> I mean, probably bet in in the rain the. In the, the capacity of Matchbox 20-ish, you know, he said, um, I'd say what's, his other, what's his other name? James Matthews. And the Dave, Dave Matthews, Matthews sort yeah. of like, it's probably like, not that, you know, not that bad, you know? Yeah. I think it's <laughs> I like a notch above Dave Matthews and um, uh, Matchbox, you know? I, I, remember I took uh, guitar lessons for a little bit, um, and my mom was like, wanted me to learn this Matchbox 20 song so bad. What, do, you remember, do you remember the song? If I, li- if I listen to him, I can put it out, but... yeah. That, that was like, and the two songs I was uh, learning from this guitar teacher, he probably thought I was just like such a fucking dweeb, <laughs> was this Matchbox 20 song and all the small things. Uh, <laughs> I, had classic. It, I had to bring it back to Blink. What, what, more, what more do you need to know as a guitarist? He was probably listening to it because he was probably like this cool guy with like long hair and shit. Yeah. And he was just like, all right, this I'll kid wants this. me to t- learn all teach them all the small things and it was <laughs> here are three chords <laughs> and they probably weren't even the power chords of it <laughs> but i don't know anyway uh yeah so this episode about cheshire cat i think you probably i i enjoyed it yeah i think so. it's uh we we kind of uncovered some intro uncovered but uh we ended up talking about some interesting stuff i think mm-hmm. and um i certainly think about the album differently now after doing this episode um i've yeah. kind of been going back to it now with a different frame of mind it's making me enjoy it in a way i i hadn't before so cool yeah it's uh hopefully you enjoy it but uh before you listen you should um go on facebook and like our facebook you should facebook.com uh, uh, slash 182 podcast again our continuing promise to you is to not post about politics so it's just one last thing 
on on Facebook. Then. Unless like Tom like runs for president or something. Oh yeah, then we'll we'll be covering the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after you uh, like that page, you should definitely. Oh okay, I mean you, I mean. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have to say that. I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> I gave you the assist, and you threw it on the ground. <laughs> because I was like, for a second, thinking you were going to talk about something else. No. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, in the middle of my stumble. Um, yeah, take your pants off. Hello and welcome to Take Off Your Pants and Podcast. I am Mike. And I'm Ryan. And today we're going to talk about the the album that's on everyone's mind right now. Yeah. Cheshire Cat. (laughs) (laughs) So why are we talking about Cheshire Cat right now, Ryan? For me, I guess it kind of sparked it was that like Mark recently, I mean the band Blank just recently live played M&M's and I don't know, just kind of like, you know. Brought back some some old thoughts. Yeah, so. and uh, you know, I think um, if to do this like retrospective, I think in the absence of any kind of pressing issues, it makes the most sense to just start from the beginning. In yeah, a way. and um, this is the first. You know, it's not the first release by Blink, but it's the first album that yeah. they did. So um, let's bring it all back. So Ooh. this album was released in February 1995, <laughs> which. 95. Uh, you know, was was a pretty long time ago. Um, so so uh, it was in, in the year probably before some of you guys were born. Oh gosh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> so in the year 1995, Americans might know O.J. Simpson had recently uh, been charged with the murder oh, wow. uh, of his wife. Damn, uh, a young little startup called Yahoo is just about to be founded. <laughs> Microsoft is about to unveil its groundbreaking Windows 95 platform. That was the that was the shit. Not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> the Simpsons were beginning its sixth season. Okay, all right. And a few early twenty somethings, uh, one of which uh, I believe was under twenty, nineteen, uh, were cutting their first official album. Uh, Ryan, what were you doing in nineteen ninety five? Well, ninety five, I would have been eight years old. Okay. Um, that's third grade. I had gl- uh, glasses that year with a, a strap, like a like a. Oh, the strap was holding the glasses. <laughs> like it was basically like one of those little straps that kind of came around. Yeah, it, was so like, it looked like I had a ponytail. Kind of in case thing. you like f- jostled yourself, they would stay around <laughs> your neck because you. Were I played too- a little soccer, but too, but I was not like. At the time, I think I wasn't really a glasses guy. I kind of formed into my glasses. I'm trying to things. discern the purpose of the strap real quick. Because <laughs> it doesn't keep it, right? It doesn't help to keep it on your These weren't face, they, like right? the tight ones. They were just like... So what the strap did is <laughs> they that... They did a little bit. But also in uh, 1995, um, that was the year of uh, Toy Story came out that wow. year. Wow. Yeah. Um, Batman Forever. Okay. Came out, which is... Batman Forever came out the same year as Toy Story? Yeah. That's <laughs> weird. Batman Forever is pretty good that's pretty that's a classic it's been a minute you know i don't doubt it you remember seal kiss that's probably one of the ear on your list here is yeah so we have uh 
which I probably didn't see in 1995, but Mallrats, Kevin Smith's Mallrats oh, came in 1995. Okay, fan of that movie. Yeah, and uh, probably the best movie of all time, the Power Rangers movie. Mm. <laughs> wow, okay. So that, that that was a big thing in my life, Power Rangers movie. And it's, I'm trying to put this in perspective yeah, of what same. happened in 95. So. Yeah, in 1995, I would have been six years old in the first grade, and of all these pieces of culture we've been talking about this whole entire episode, the only thing I consumed during 1995 was the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> so um, I am, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah. It, Up there with Space Jam in my book. <laughs> yeah, I think Space Jam was probably like a year later, maybe the same year or something. Man, maybe what a banner year. Yeah. <laughs> but the Power Rangers movie, I remember going to like McDonald's like every day to get each figure, like each Power Rangers, like so I had all of them. Oh, yeah. You know, I might like, have done that, but I, I don't remember. I probably I remember I know my I went grandma to taking me to McDonald's like mm. almost every day. I was, I was like in Pennsylvania without my parents, just like going more like, my grandma, they're McDonald's. And she actually Dude, liked with it. With the strap around your glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool kid. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, so <laughs> I pulled up a list right now of the top 100 lists, uh, top 100 songs over the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also look separately as just like lists of the months. Mm-hmm. And it seemed not only was there no rock, really but it there was a definite trend it seemed like this was kind of a moment for uh like hip-hop r&b yeah it was and so just to kind of rattle off the number one hit of all 1995 was gangsta's paradise uh i used to know that whole song yeah probably 1995 i knew the weird out one (laughs) (laughs) amish paradise yeah yeah Um, yeah so after that is Waterfalls by TLC. Those and are then, both great songs. Man. Oh, no, it's all yeah. great. I'm, I, I'm not saying like we had shit. Me- I just, <laughs> it, it's not. So yeah, going yeah. for is Creep, uh, not the Radiohead one. It's still TLC. <laughs> Kiss from a Rose there it by is. Seal, number yeah. <laughs> four of the entire year. <laughs> that song was way better than that movie, I feel like. That and was, um, was... just to kind of go quickly, some of the artists just going down. We got, you know, Montel Jordan with This Boys is How We Do It, Boys to Men. Um, <laughs> even even Michael jackson his 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 hit is kind of like the end of his kind of era of dominance his hit is you are not alone which is his most like what song is that again you are not alone oh that's a good song too yeah yeah no (laughs) none of these are bad songs this is how we do it classic (laughs) this is how we do i think the only rock song i can reckon is bon jovi on there that's yeah hootie the bullfish all right, Hootie and the Bull Blowfish coming in at twenty two. You know he's like a like a famous like country guy now. Like Hootie is. I think it's interesting in this time to kind of be in a punk rock band. I mean, it, it sounds like they were in a similar place putting this album out. Yeah, in a way that this is not at all what uh, what was on the airwaves. It wasn't popular. It was just they're making music that speaks to them in this very niche scene. Mm-hmm. So this was their first album. Uh, the easiest way to think of this is sort of this is where it all started. Yeah, know? I mean there was like the you know the Buddha demo and then like the couple other kind of ones too. Right. Like they, the so Flyswatter. so what they had recorded to this point was um, that Flyswatter demo, which I think was their first, you know, just the first thing that mm-hmm. they're just recording, putting wax to tape, and then um, they had a couple. They had Buddha, and then they had a short bus demo, mm-hmm. which is the one uh, that and Flyswatter are the only ones that haven't gotten like releases mm-hmm. um and then was cheshire and but what's interesting is in reading about it it, it you know on paper it's their the kind of the start of everything but it seems like all parties involved were expecting this to be the end 
of everything. Really? So to, to kind of put a put this album a little bit in perspective, um, these so in 1995, Blink been at it for about three years now. Um, these are all people who have been in bands. You know, being in bands is a thing they do. Especially Tom, he was in bands before Blink and was in bands during Blink for a while. Um, and obviously, you know, that's the thing that's continued with him is doing a lot of things. Um, yeah, the thing is, is like a lot of small bands, like and I know, like in, being in the Phoenix scene, like there's like th- people are in like three bands, you know, right? And, so, well, well, and it's not something new. Really. So your your mention of the Phoenix scene is like what I something a parallel I want to draw because I think that's a good way to think of where Blink was at at this time is something where you know if if anyone's listening who's in a major city, just sort of imagine like the bands that are big in you know your town, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which I'm sure like, you know, any major city has those bands, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely like any big city has its own scene. And in San Diego, Blink was sort of one of the bands that was known in the San Diego scene, definitely not beyond that. And there were all these guys who were, you know, getting to be, you know, a little bit past teenager, um, at least for Mark and Tom, um, you know, getting to be the mid twenties, you know, definitely not old by any means, still very, very young people, Mm -hmm. but starting to have the bit of like, okay, it's been a since I'm out of high school and I do want to like have an apartment, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, some source of income kind of thing. And, um, they were, uh, signed. So, so that's, that's basically where they're at and they get signed by cargo records, which I think a really good parallel would be rubber brothers records mm-hmm. in Phoenix for anyone yeah, who yeah. knows that. Um, and again, just think of like any, you know, any, any of those kind of like, uh, labels that exist for a decade or so. And they, kind of culminate like a little moment that's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. musically in this town. So when Blink signed to Cargo Records, um, which was known in San Diego, kind of nowhere else, but still like it was like a big deal to be mm-hmm. signed to them. They were basically going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, so they they were only able to book. That's why they only booked for three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's all the studio could afford. Yeah. And they kind of planned this to be like, this is going to be it. Like, uh, at least it seems that way to me. Mm. Um, no one ever said that in interviews, but I know Scott was moving away. Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. And he was planning to just not be in the band after the, after, sorry, punching the microphone (laughs) after the recording of the album, which Uh is crazy. So yeah. So you heard that. What do you think about that? Was that new to you? It sounded like he like was moving with his parents because he was like young. He wasn't even, I don't think he was even 18. He was still 17. Yeah. (laughs) Cause he didn't sign the, Mark was the only one who signed the contract. That's what it said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Tom was working, which I think is indicative of how not a big a deal they kind of thought this was. Mm-hmm. And Scott was a minor and just legally couldn't <laughs> sign it. Yeah, and he was going to move. And then it sounded like, from what I read, is that they replaced him for like a short period of time and then they wanted him back. Like, yeah. So, so he so moved I, into Mark's I, house I, or something I, I like that. I think what happened was... Scott was like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm moving cause my parents are leaving, but yeah, I'll make sure like we stick out the album, mm-hmm. stayed around to re- rehearse. And he obviously, you know, he's the one on the album. And I think for a brief period when he left, um, they, they'd replace him post album just like and, what, for shows or something. And the album kind of did end up, you know, skipping ahead. Spoiler alert. The album did well. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of prompted Scott to be like, Oh shoot, I'm going to come back. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It sounded like the, yeah, that label was like it didn't say. Did they say they were all kind of like set? Uh, South, I can't even talk. Uh, Southern California punk kind of music, or was it like this was something different for this label? Yeah, I, I, tried, I thought I read that. Maybe. I tried. It's hard to find information about Cargo a little bit because they're defunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do know that this was a little bit of 
different for them. But I don't, I, at least I read that like this was a little bit different for what the stuff they normally Well, it definitely sign. sounded like that there it's was not epitaph, this, you know. you know, Southern California punk, you know, surf music kind of thing was like, you know, a lot of bands are popping up around then, you know, like yeah. Offspring and, and, uh, yeah, just it was kind of an, Green new, it was like a surgeon's resurgence of it. Yeah, and maybe you know, and maybe this is a company in their death throes trying to kind of latch on, like, hey, maybe this will help mm-hmm. us, you know. Yeah. And it, you know, it did, but obviously not enough. Um, so, so the album was recorded. Well, anyway, before we move on, kind of like knowing the frame of that, um, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that this seems like a band that was this was going to be their swan song. Yeah. I mean, I think you can add evidence to that. The fact that I'll, I think eight or nine of these songs, a, a large number are songs they had already recorded on previous stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it seems like, Hey, you know, we're probably going to break off after this, but we're going to record with the, you know, the cargo records and we're going to do it, um, in this Westbrook, uh, LA studios, which had been home to like uh, bad religion recording, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to do it for, you know, for a band that originated with its dream of playing the Somas, you know, the local studio, the, the large local studio in San Diego, this seems like what they assumed would be the apex and probably end, I think, of, mm. of the band. Is that something? So now that you know all this, do you kind of... I don't know. I don't see it maybe as the end. I almost like they were just like, I can see like Mark being there to sign the thing. Like we need to get this going or like maybe it is going to dissolve. Like maybe it could have been it, yeah. you know, dissolved, but he was just like really adamant, adamant probably being the oldest and like wanting this to work. You yeah. Know? And, uh, I don't know. It seemed like it, um, it'd be, I would love to get more of the in-depth, like documentary styles Me about too. this type of stuff. Like someone needs, we need to make this shit, but, uh, <laughs> the, um, it is interesting. And it's, uh, from what I sound like that they recorded a lot of the stuff like live, it sounded like a lot of the tracks yeah, and they so, overdubbed back stuff again. So the way this was recorded is be, you know, due to budgetary issues, um, they, the cargo records was able to book three days in Westbrook studios in LA um, you know, to further evidence that it was cargo records is really less, you know, a little more ramshackle than one might assume. Um, the hotel they booked was supposed to be like two beds and they only <laughs> ended up booking a King. Yeah. So it's like this, like kind of shitty King size. They all had the three of them share a <laughs> King bed. Um, and they had to do everything within three days, including, and you know, folks who were involved at all recording will, will know what I'm about to say. The big bombshell, they had to make, and master it within those three yeah, days. That's crazy. Um, so, so what happened though is it was basically they went in, they did it three days. Um, they described it as like 12 hour work, you know, they just worked for those mm-hmm. three days and it was just kind of delirious afterwards. And it was all live. And one of the people who was present there, one of the engineers, um, was sort of like, hey, you guys should probably do overdubs. Like, um, and I know they were able to do overdubs and I don't know if they financed that separately from the, mm. um, the initial contract. Yeah. Them. It kind of sounded like that. Cause I don't know why all of a sudden the budgetary issues would not be a concern, but in any case, a little bit after those three days, they recorded in San Diego, in the San Diego area in a studio overdubs for 10 days. So they actually spent longer on the overdubs than they did the wow. initial live, um, versions, which, I think kind of shows, I mean, this album, a lot of people describe it as raw, but I think that's only because they're comparing it to other blank stuff, Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's certainly not polished, but it does. It, it has like a ramshackled vibe to it. It does. Kind of it, it, and I, I think it has the vibe of the starts of all of these songs are live, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not so ramshackle. I think that it sounds like a live. In True, the but it definitely has like, like you can just, you know, hearing feedbacks on things and yeah. just like little things that would have been probably redone, you know, if yeah. it was done like, you know, we did guitar separate. Just or edit it like out, that. you know. And yeah. And it's just seemed like the drums, like there's are really just kind of like you can hear it rattling, you yeah. know, and stuff. And that's just like stuff you probably wouldn't usually hear, which gives it a certain. Um, it gives it a really interesting appeal. Yeah. 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 Um, there's which not- is funny because a lot of bands like today are trying to get something like that, you know, like. That's the beer opening up. Yeah. But uh, uh, Blink, Blink did it by, you know, actually playing live instead of just slapping a shit ton of reverb on everything <laughs> to make it sound edgy. That, whatever. It sounds cool. I love reverb. I'm just, <laughs> I think some bands might use it as a crutch. Uh, you know, I'm not thinking of any specific band right now. I'm just like, it's like a trend and, you know. It's kind of over, I think, already. But <laughs> Reverb is over. <laughs> Coming hot from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's, um, uh, it, it, I'd love to get more in depth with this shit because it's like, it's insane. Like I just was at a movie and they had showed a trailer for a new Blink. We're getting pretty in depth of that. I yeah, I know, I know. But they <laughs> like they showed a trailer for a new Beatles um, like documentary that Ron Howard directed oh, that's wow. coming out. And I guess it's a lot of footage of like it's called like Beatles the touring years or something like that. That's it's just cool. a lot of footage of that's never been seen of them on tour, and uh, just really in depth kind of things. And it's just like shit. Like we there were cameras around and shit. There like 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 digital cameras around at this times. So, like we, there should be so much stuff yeah. to put together for I, I think things. you'll start to see some more of that as our generation gets older i think so i think too. a lot of it is you know how much stuff have we grown up seeing about like the 60s a decade <laughs> you know or like uh you know like yeah the 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 retrospectives on bob I dylan and retrospective 80s. of beatles yeah you know it's just yeah we'll get older and you know it begins with a podcast it ends with a ron howard by yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah, it just it's it's be interesting to hear, and um, but yeah, it's really cool to hear. Interesting to hear about the Scott thing of him like moving away and one and coming back to like yeah. since the albums I, take I off at least. The reason the reason that I think it sort of might have been maybe not that they planned they were going to break up, but this was still a point I think in the band where Blink was not the maybe not the main priority in their lives. Uh, you know, one of many. I don't mean that they like, no one gave a shit about Blink, but just like that yeah. they, it wasn't for sure this was going to be able to be their main mm-hmm. thing. And Yeah, and, and also we didn't even mention that this originally was Blink. It wasn't Blink-182 yet. And then I, it was, it became Blink-182 once um, they made the video for M&M's. And did you remember, ever see the original video of M&M's? I, I know that there's an original and that there's a, you know, an edited one. Yeah. Um, is... And I always confuse the difference. Well, the original one that didn't get play on MTV or anything like that has like it's a lot of the same footage, mm-hmm. but there's a point where like they have like a shootout yeah. with all these girls or something like that. Like they just another... all take turns being shot. Yeah, I, well, it's like another. It's like a, a like these girls like I don't know it's their girlfriends or something, but they have like a basically like a shootout at the end, and that got like. Like MTV or censored. something like censored, like didn't want to have that happen. So they basically what a time, yeah. what a quaint time. <laughs> well, they ended up like, and it's kind of a weird video. Like I saw it just probably a couple of years ago, and I was like, this is weird. It is, and weird, they ended yeah. up reshooting it with um, 
like I think what they did was they had a lot of same footage, but they covered it up with performance parts, I think, or something like that. Like the stuff they had to cut yeah. out of the video. And I think when that video came out, that's when the Swedish band or whatever it was, Blink, um, heard about it and mm. then they asked them to or, you know, legal action. Yeah. And cargo and or whatever it was was like uh like they were like, You have like two days to change your name. Yeah. And they were like they, they ended up spending like a week or something yeah. like that. And then they're like, Well, if you're not gonna change your name, then we will for you or something yeah. like that. And then must they must have watched Turk one eighty two and added one eighty two. You think so you're in the Turk one eighty two camp. After hearing about I that am, movie yeah. and that it says what it's called one eighty two. That's it. That's it. That's what gets me is that it's the only thing that says like so there's a movie called Turk one eighty two and it's the one eighty two. One eighty two, yeah. That's the thing is it's everyone else would just be hundred eighty two. Or or one eight two or something. One eighty two, but one eighty two. Yeah, and like, it, and also it's Turk Turk blink, like there's a K, yeah, you know. Like, I think that's it. And it has a dash. Like that has to be it because they never said officially. Yeah. There's no reason, and then it's also obviously you know been a joke forever. Yeah, like you know, oh, it's how many guys I slept with, or you know, whatever. Scarface like, fucks. Scarface, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it um, has to be that movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's bringing authority to its knees and the city to its feet. Timothy Hutton in Turk 182. We, uh, we cracked the code. But they added that to this album because I guess they'd be crazy to have like a pressing of like a, a cassette that says just blink for the. Well, you know Shark something Cat. else that they added to the album. Um, <laughs> so this is something I, I, I you know, uh, found and in, in doing my research that kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, during the overdubs, they had uh, a co-writer for one of the songs. And I, I think I read this. Uh, yeah, so he is, <laughs> I'm just getting his name out because I want to give him credit. Jeff Forrest. He added in, uh, in the song uh, Wasting Time, <laughs> uh, the great song yeah. Wasting Time, um, there's that little quiet part, and he was like, eh, there should probably be like some uh, vocals here. And he said, we should add... In my town, you can't drive naked. Ryan, uh, has this line impacted you <laughs> it's my flair on uh, the blink uh, subreddit <laughs> that's why i wanted to bring it up so this it's was like, this was written by a feldman-esque i know i didn't even know was that. this like the I original know the original patrick stump like i'm a dandelion here four leaf clover in 1995 that was jeff Forrest saying in my town you can't drive naked <laughs> i wonder what that's referencing like what is like i know it's just like like it has nothing to do with the rest of the song really i think they're probably like because it basically was said like Jeff Forrest was like you should just add this at some point during the overdubs he was like you should add this and Mark went in and just sang it (laughs) I have to imagine that was probably like at the end of a day yeah (laughs) maybe like after a few beers or something or maybe after a few burritos and like a burrito haze (laughs) just like a funny thing because this album has a lot of that like just like there's a lot of talking within it like that a lot of this album struck me um, still does and, and struck me at the time I heard it as like the sound of a band that's like having fun with the fact they're in a studio you know mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like all the sketches and all those things it just seems like uh, they're playing with the sound effects panel yeah. you know yeah it's weird to think that like they only had three days or they say it was during the overdubs a longer part like probably like those but it's not like parts. they were on, on the flip side though it's not like they were like writing any songs on the overdubs you know yeah, yeah, yeah. they basically Guitar, bass, drums for all those, and vocals, you know, for all those songs, and then fixing it. But, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, you know, even though it's just probably the base of all those songs, that's that's nuts. It'd be cool to hear their originals without the overdubs. 
Oh my god, that would be cool. Yeah. You think that's out there somewhere? It's probably on a on a fucking reel somewhere, you know? Mark has it like on a reel to reel in his garage or something. <laughs> he listens to it with like <laughs> and just cries. No, um <laughs> I was thinking of like uh Christmas vacation or something like that. He like trapped up in his attic watching old home movies. <laughs> <laughs> Hello darkness. <laughs> no, it uh I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I, I didn't even realize that till I read down the wiki today as well. That the in my town you can't drive naked is yeah just like an added on goofy fucking thing. I was like, what is some hidden meaning between <laughs> that line and one of the best Blink songs ever made? There, there was a couple. There's a so couple, they they did it. They they cobbled together this album. Yeah, and it ended up not like breaking fucking records or anything, but it kind of like had a decent uh, response. Like Eminem's was a pretty popular song on the radios, and right, and even and it got like uh and Cargo. Sorry, go ahead. Well, it got play everywhere in the world, really. You know, like yeah. So and Cargo did a pretty good job of promoting it. Um, they sent it sent out ads to skate magazines, which I think is like a perfect like what mm-hmm. better audience at that time to target. I mean, magazines, you know, there was no, this is pre or, you know, right about the time of the internet. So sending it to skate magazines is sort of the equivalent of putting like ads up on like, you know, vans.com for this or something. If it was like five years later, I would have been reading those, you know, skate magazine ads and shit. Totally. So one of these things I I pulled up. um, So this is reading from a press release that Cargo sent out. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long. Yeah, usually something like this would be, uh, you would send like a, I forget what they're called, but usually they're like a little bundle you would probably send to like the press kit. Like, press kit, yeah. So yeah, like yeah. radio stations might get these radio and, stations or labels or whatever. You well, would this need was to do. sent out by the label. Oh, you? okay. So it's like, like if you weren't a band, you would like right. send something like. This, well, so you know? so what I'm saying, I guess, is that Cargo. I think I get that they were at the end of their. They certainly, whether or not Blink was, they were at the end of their ropes. Um, but they did a very admirable job of promoting. Well, what's grilled cheese records? Is that uh, part of Cargo? Yeah, grilled cheese is like a subset. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure. That's the case. Okay. Um, but uh, so I, I think, you know, whatever whatever you say about them, this, this press release, like, they get Blink. And, like, <laughs> this is the magic of Blink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Yeah, I, read some of it. Yeah, I pulled it up on my computer here. You sent it to me, but I didn't even read it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it was... It was text-based. I should have sent you, like, a, the movie version. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to start um, here from the beginning. Have you ever been attracted to a goat? The guys from Blink know just how you feel. (laughs) Despite the surrounding, so that, you know, obviously a joke, but (laughs) there there are some kernels of like, this is Blink. This is, okay. (laughs) Despite the surrounding horses, boots, and cowboy hats, Blink's hometown of Poway, California has a thriving, growing punk scene. After a three-man masseuse team concept failed, Blink was formed. (laughs) (laughs) Blink was formed as a way to get girls. Now, which I think might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, Most bands do. Yeah, Wasting Time is specifically about that. <laughs> now a familiar name in their neighborhood, Blink is determined to attain nothing less than complete world domination. They have already taken the youth culture of Bangladesh and lower Madagascar by storm <laughs> and are well on their way to success. I, I love that that it said lower Madagascar, like for Madagascar is like still <laughs> not on jungle. the blink train, but lower Madagascar is like, yeah, carousel. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying to get to the, the nuggets of gold here. This is okay. This is it. <laughs> so tell me, so this is a statement that I think can apply to blink, okay. not just on Cheshire, but all and tell me what you think. Their music is a combination of punk and melody while their lyrics combine sincere feeling with toilet humor. 
Each and every song is a whimsical expression of the desperation and anxiety that fill young men's lives. The politically incorrect trio uh, consists of guitarist Tom DeLong, bassist Mark Hoppus, and the quiet guy in the back, Scott Mad Dog Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> Vocal duties are shared by Tom and Mark as neither is willing to accept full responsibility. <laughs> That's perfect. Right? Is that, isn't this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like these people get it. Um, <laughs> let's read like, okay. <laughs> so this is what they all do besides Blink. Uh, besides playing in Blink, Tom works two jobs, fights vicious rumors that the song Depends is an autobiography, and demonstrates to any new friends that the great clean sound he can get from his new pickups on gu- his guitar. No, dude, listen again. It's so clean. Mark, a.k.a. the gassy one, is a full-time student whose time is mostly spent writing poems, all of which begin with the line, there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> While frequently, she said. <laughs> while frequently asking the question, what, did I say something wrong? Did I go too far this time? <laughs> he seldom pauses long enough to hear the answer before continuing the, his sermon on the virtues of farm animals. Meanwhile, Scott smokes quietly in the background. He has nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's like the funny thing is that they say the same thing about like Travis or something too. Yeah, right? <laughs> the, they're quiet. Um, they have a history of just embarrassed drummers. <laughs> um, so the last paragraph to wrap this all up. History of embarrassed drummers. That's what the name of their, their next album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or like the name of the documentary. Embarrassed drummer. <laughs> That's tra- that should have been Travis's bio, oh, like yeah, his, yeah. his book. Um, so to wrap it all up, and again, a statement that I think is uh, just it's kind of beautiful. You know, is like this is the beginning of it all, and it still I think applies. Together, these three fun-loving American youths teach their listeners that nothing in life should be taken too seriously. They are truly a triumph of the human spirit. Thank you, Blink, for making us laugh at love again. Wow. That's yeah, sweet. seriously, Cargo Records or Grilled Cheese, you know, if they're not a subsidiary, I don't know. Yeah, Grilled Cheese subsidiary of Cargo Records. Oh, okay. <laughs> so props to the copywriting team on that because that's like, that's great. That's solid, yeah. I think that's like, someone could write that Pitchfork could have written that yeah. as like a retrospective of Blink and people would have been like, oh, they really get the, me-. like someone posted it like, you know, on Facebook, like, uh, yeah, Blink, would, turns out Blink was actually good. You I think know? it was the press release. You're supposed to take that and you cite that for the, you know, your articles, but why don't you just want to post that whole thing? You know, like, it's yeah. like <laughs> I guess you could, I don't know. I don't know how that fucking press works, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know how the press works. Um, it's good. I don't know. Any, you have any thoughts on that? No, that's that really kinda, fucking good. It's, uh, it's just kind of crazy to me how they nailed the, uh, it, it, what it communicates to me. And maybe this, maybe this is the case of just a really good copywriter, but I think it's that cargo records signed them for, they saw they got it. They got the magic of blink and they saw like what was there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of cool that that this little uh company, you know, it's a shame they yeah, went even out in the beginning, you know. Yeah, but um Yeah, because it's like it's it there's some jokes and shit in that and doesn't take itself too seriously the article, but it definitely has like a like a feeling and yeah you know yeah and there's some stuff that maybe hasn't aged well like you know they're not politically correct you know yeah that's um but but yeah so the the idea of just yeah not taking life too seriously Mm -hmm. that's like so important to their aesthetic and yeah that's great i love that they had the cover on there without any um I, do, I love covers without any uh, fucking font, font yeah. on it or, you know. Words. We've both discussed this, that in general, images should have less text. Yeah. <laughs> more more just the image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because, I mean, you know, especially now these days with uh, where it's you have like the the fucking name of the album right under it and visually, you know, you don't need to have it on the phone. We we should include like a link in the uh, description or whatever for this episode to that little um, little post if you want. Yeah, like a couple of little things like I guess before we get into our thoughts, um, there's not really a lot of articles regarding like or like reviews about when it came out, you know, kind of thing. But there's a lot of stuff that like kind of came together later kind of thing like uh like uh, Rolling Stone has, um, well, one thing they have that it's a release that's suited for more involved fans is kind of something. As, and I'm like, I can see that. Yeah, because it's not, it's not as polished as their other stuff. You know, like yeah. it's and it's it's. Um, I wouldn't say it's worse, than, you know, necessarily than their albums, but it's different. So, like, if you hear it blink and you're like, I want more of this, it's I wouldn't go to Cheshire. Yeah. Like Rolling Stone, they said they described it as a slap together, lifting melodies and racing beats in an attempt to connect emo and skate punk. A sort of pop hardcore is what they kind of said. Um, which I can, I can see. see that. Yeah. Um, Absolute Punk, um, old favorite of mine website, <laughs> um, said they called it a good early indicator of what Blink-182 would turn out to be. Their sound wasn't quite as polished, but they were certainly miles ahead of a lot of their peers at the, at the time. And that's kind of what this guy says from Fuse. He says it lists it one of the strongest pop-punk debut albums and added that they made the punk rock they loved even catchier. So it's like a lot of, you know, people, yeah. They, yeah, like they say like no effects and descendants and stuff like these are big influences and stuff and mm-hmm. of uh, taking, you know, of pop punk-esque kind of things, but they just they like, went ham with it. Went, they went to the next level of just making it so you can sing along and they're, you know, easy to digest in a way. Yeah. But still rocking and fast and. Yeah. And they're fuck. even, you know. And this album has a lot of shredding. It does. Yeah, there's a lot of like than, uh, it's a different guitar solo than guitar style than Tom is kind of like mm-hmm. used to. Um, I think you have a little bit of the harder edge that I always kind of think of as Scott's influence because he's such a metal guy, yeah. and I think that's why the the Scott albums tend to be a little heavier, mm-hmm. um, like a little faster and just kind of like relentless in a way that the yeah. Tra- Travis ones have time to like kind of little beat breakdowns and things like that mm-hmm. you have the cl- clean guitar the g- clean tone on the guitar really it shows up in joke songs in cheshire i guess but it doesn't really show up until um enema the state you know yeah. travis barker yeah to- totally um well the last thing i'd like to get into before we transition over into when we first heard the album mm-hmm. um is a little little anomaly so i showed you this ryan uh and this was new to you as a, as, was, as yeah. a hardcore blink fan as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was recently new to me. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that I first discovered this, but, um, it also, I think kind of helps put in perspective that this was not the main focus of these guys. Um, at the time that they made this album, Tom, uh, was also in a band called tilt wheel at mm-hmm. the time. And they were also recording and they recorded a song that we have not been able to confirm the name of. It's uploaded on YouTube as B L apostrophe I N K, Blink. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a you know the person who uploaded it is a joke or whatever, but um, it's that's does my press smell. It's that song. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's the song with different. Uh, the lyrics are different, and the me- the vocal melody is different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Tom was the guitarist of this band at the time it was released. It was released the same year, ninety five. 
Um, but he wasn't one of the, you know, in Blink, he's one of the songwriters, singers, and guitarists. In this one, he was just a guitarist. And it doesn't seem like anyone was upset about this. It seems like basically Tom was like, hey, Tilt Wheel band members, I have this cool riff that I used for a Blink song, and I think it would also work for a Tilt Wheel song. That or the other way around or something. Or the other way around, yeah, because it is such a, like, metal. I feel like it was the other way around. Yeah. And, was, and I feel like it was, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't go back to it. Well, so it we're going to definitely have to put this up there and let the listeners check it out. Cause it's, um, well, I'll, 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 I'll plug it in through the, you know, the magic of post <laughs> audio effects. Um, some yeah, of this it's stuff, pretty, but, it's pretty crazy to hear. I yeah. Mean, what did you think hearing? We, so you heard it moments before yeah, recording. What just, were you, it's just, I, yeah, it's almost the whole song except just, yeah, different vocals and different melody the whole time. Except there, it does have like a little bit of the, the harmony kind of thing at the end is all towards there. the end. There's like the, uh, 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 uh yeah. like that, that little, that's uh, all melody there. line is still there. Yeah. So it must've been just like a song. Yeah. Tom wrote and just like, <laughs> was you know putting it out there and just like you know let's see what sticks i guess you know with these ideas i mean we've seen him do it today you know kind right of thing so yeah <laughs> yeah no and it's kind of interesting to see you know the 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 behavior is similar you know that that there's something there's something i don't want to make too much of it but i don't want to make too little of it that there's something interesting in the fact that mark is the only one who signed that contract and he's the only one who's still in blink you know it is interesting I think he he from the beginning had a level of commitment that, specifically to Blink and not necessarily to m- more Blink than just music in general. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was this is the thing I want to do, and it seems like he's kind of always had that. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and put in that Till Will song, not the whole thing, but a little bit of it. And um, when we get back, uh, we'll start talking about when we first heard uh, Cheshire Cat. Perfect, because I need another beer. Bill Clinton was finishing his term in the White House. I was in the sixth grade. Uh, wow. Topping the Are you chart. sure? Are you sure? Because I was in... I would have been in seventh grade. Uh, yeah, you, I mean... I think you would have been younger than that, right? Well, for summer 2000, I was in fifth grade. And for summer mm. 2000, I was in sixth grade. Mm. Um, but the part of 2000 where I first heard <laughs> Cheshire Cat was sixth grade. Oh, okay. So we're talking fall... 2000 okay um probably probably would have been october around my birthday um so enema had been out enema was out i had heard all the small things i had heard aliens exist um my cousin 
he basically off of all the small things bought that album and i went over to his house in san diego and loved I, i fell in love with aliens exist actually so um when i came home i went to buy um my first album and I bought it off the brand new internet using the Am- amazon.com the the book selling uh store which had recently That's crazy. I don't I think I can't remember the first thing I ever bought online because it's like so it's uh, the only you know I probably wouldn't remember it but this was the first album I bought. Mm-hmm. The first album I bought was Cheshire Cat and um you know if I said that in a vacuum, it sounds like I'm a cool kid or like a cool person, like a cool Blink <laughs> so fan. Fucking cool. But like the reality of it was, I was in sixth grade, and I wasn't allowed to buy the album with boobs on the cover, mm. and the one with the, like a horse, like a bull balls, bull, bull, bull balls, just seemed weird to me. <laughs> so I was like, I'll start. I like cats. I'll start with the cat one, and it's their first one, so this should be fun. I and like um, kitties. Yes, I just remember getting it. Um, And again, so this is sixth grade. Um, I like all the small things and aliens exist. And I'm buying in my first album. And I put it on. And it is not what I'm expecting. Like, I just remember, like, hearing Carousel. Just like, what did I buy? Like, this is not at all what I... It's like fucking instrumental for, like, a whole minute. Right. I remember that was a sticking point with one of my friends at the time. He was like, they don't even sing for, like, a minute and a half. Um, You know, Carousel, the beginning, you know. Um, The first song they wrote in the beginning is of Tom's very long guitar intros. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's kind of funny that you have their first two albums, I think, or their first two songs on this album sum up their approach to songwriting for seems like ever you have the tom led song that has a long it's kind of like a prog punk song it has like this like long guitar intro and like this like little like weird bridge thing and then mark's m&ms which is just a very straightforward um punk song with like very specific relatable lyrics Mm -hmm. um although i would argue that um this is a little bit of a divergent but it's good as time as any to say this i think carousel has the most mature lyric you know because i i wouldn't say this but for tom makes so much of how he writes <laughs> mature lyrics mm-hmm. i think the most mature lyric he ever wrote was in carousel what's that uh a tank of gra- a tank of gas is now a treasure to me i know now that nothing is free mm-hmm. like that is a song that is like an adult mature <laughs> sentiment that as a kid, I just, I didn't, it, it doesn't hit you till later, nothing. Yeah. And it's something that's sort of later. And it's the only thing of Tom's lyrics that like later in life has hit me in, in the gut, in the way that his lyrics hit me when I was younger, mm-hmm. which isn't to knock them. Like, I think it's the fact he, his lyrics have an appeal for teenagers is great, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, he always talks about us being mature. And anyway, I just think there was a simplicity to that. That's like There's something great about that song too, that it's, it's noted to be their first for jam. the first song they kind of wrote together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, so I, although it was not what I expected, um, you know, maybe it was just the virtue of, any sixth grader who buys an album is going to be, they're going to love it, whatever it is. You know, it's not like I'm like a discerning consumer at that point. It's just, I've already, I had already pitched my flag. Yeah, but have you heard anything else like it before? No, no. I had no frame of reference for it at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was, it was not, music was just not something I was into. Like Mm -hmm. my, you know, my family played music and music was like a, you know, a thing in my life. But when I got this album, it was sort of the beginning of music, 
being a large part of my life, you know, now, um, I have a job and stuff, but I also like, you know, write and record music all the time. And it's my Mm -hmm. main hobby by far. Um, and this is sort of the start of all that. And I think this album being a little bit, what it was, was kind of what influenced that. I, you know, so like I said, I ended up growing to love it. And what I liked about it was that it seemed like these were regular people. Mm -hmm. Like that was the appeal to me. Um, and even above the music, it was just the idea that like, these seemed like normal people who, you know, did it. This is their job now is to be in a band and have fun and make these fun songs that, that I, I did really relate to as someone who was burgeoning, like feelings about girls, you know, the very simplistic lyrics of, you know, like, um, what, what is the thing in wasting time, which I think is the best song on the album. Um, I think one of the, one of Blink's best songs. Sometimes I sit at like, home. Sometimes I sit at home thinking of her and wonder if she's sitting at home thinking of me, mm-hmm. wondering if I'm sitting home thinking about her. Like it doesn't get better than that. Like that is yeah. that that could be in a Motown song, you know. Like that is <laughs> that is just a classic, yeah. simple love lyric that is as good as anything they ever did. I mm-hmm. think. Um, and there there is an appeal to that that just like really. The simplicity of it, I was the perfect age where, like, maybe if I was older, like, maybe if I was the age I am now, I would have liked it. If I was a teenager, I probably would have just been like, it's too simple, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. But I was just simple, I was simple enough to, that, well, it, that it hit me as true. It's kind of different for me because I um, would have been way late bloomer on this one. Because um, I, uh, my first experience with Blink, I think we've gone over it, was definitely like, hearing the albums and like getting songs off Napster, like random songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, all the small things, what's my age again. Um, like one of my first albums was like Mark, Tom and Travis shows. Like the first one I had like from like a CD. So that's like 2000, 2001 ish. Um, and then like I had like, you know, burn from friends, like end of the state. I think I had dude ranch too, burn from a friend around this time. But how I got Cheshire for the first time was we got high speed internet for the first time. Mm. And what I did for days on end was go online and look at like, all right, Blink-182, Cheshire Cat. And then and I'd look up every song separately because you couldn't, there wasn't torrents back then to download where, them all. Where were you looking for these? This isn't like, maybe it was Kaza or Bear Share or... Bear Share. That's a name I haven't like heard Morpheus. Like oh, just Morpheus. You're any of those. All, these are, oh, wow. Like, I haven't heard these <laughs> things be referenced in so long, but they were such a big part of my... I what about made, Napster? Do you think that with, this with is this after Nap- Napster? Na- okay, post Napster. This is post Napster. Uh, this is like just. But do you, you have to do the, the same audience thing. knows what Bear Share and Kaza is, right? I don't know. I don't know. This is before like uTorrent and shit. Like uTorrent. I don't think I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to like. Uh, so I had to look up each song separately and download it, and then I'd make CDs. With oh it. man, what a what a. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I for a while the Cheshire I had uh, had made like had like the dude uh buddha version of like strings on it and stuff like that like oh it had like God. like i had like some of like the wrong versions and stuff because i didn't know we'll, any better we'll get into this um later <laughs> i mean i'm sure we'll do a buddha episode but just real quick that's crazy that you had that experience because i had um my experience with buddha um we would drive back a lot to san diego and on one of those drives so this would have been sixth seventh grade we just made a stop off at like a Barnes and Noble that had like a Starbucks or something. Mm-hmm. And I just like went to the blink section. I was looking and there was this you, album. You did like this thing with your hands. Like yeah. you were searching. Look, searching through records. <laughs> searching through. Yeah. So uh, I went to the blink section. And I saw 
boot out. Um, so I bought it mid car ride and just put it in. And I just like didn't really know what it was. And I was turning around. I was like, wait a minute, these are like the say this is Cheshire. And but I was like, so at first I'm like, did I get ripped off? And then I'm listening to it, and it's like these are different versions. <laughs> what is like so the, yeah. the 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 variations between those two songs are like a huge deal to me. And oh, for sure. And the thing is for me too is like I hadn't didn't hear the Cheshire song like. Didn't hear like what isn't it Peggy Sue and Carousel are both on Mark Tom and Travis show? Yeah, those are the ones I heard first oh, uh, wow. I, before I heard the other. Peggy ones. Sue, I think better on Mark Tom and Travis show. I think Carousel better on Cheshire. Maybe, but I don't know. It was just like I like even I think even a lot of songs on Dude Ranch. Like I heard them first on Mark Tom and Travis show, and Same. they were so fucking slow compared. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? It took me so long. You get to Dude Ranch, it's like da da da. Punch it's my just, microphone it's just so fast on, yeah. on that and that that's those were the first ones i had heard and so yeah like it took me a while and that was one i would probably it probably wasn't until probably late junior high early high school listening to it so it would have been like 2002 ish three ish or something like that maybe listening to, to cheshire cat like this is when you got the back. full like actual album yeah like because yeah i would probably probably 2002 ish so what did you what did you think of it I, it's one of those that grew and I grew and grew to love it, you know, kind of thing. I definitely back in the day was really more, um, related to the, the, the Tom side of things I would say on that mm. album. Um, I remember even skipping Mark songs. And really? Stuff. Yeah. I, I like, was more of a Tom guy as a kid for sure. But Cheshire was for me, um, that was the one that I was like, the Mark songs were my favorite. Yeah. Um, it, with me, some exceptions like M&M's pretty much since the day I got it, um, M&M's and wasting time are the high, you know, two of the big highlights for me carousel as well. Um, beyond that, my own, the, the Tom song that I would put up that's close to that. Um, cause I don't, maybe Tom is a carousel is a Tom song, but I feel like it's kind of like both of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so carousel or touchdown boy. Cause I love touchdown boy. Yeah. That's great. That song's great. I was something I, we didn't bring it up, but I just real quickly read that, um, that was not only written about a specific person they knew, but originally the lyrics had him referenced by name. <laughs> yeah. And they decided like, we should probably not have <laughs> that, that in there. Is that something you, did you see? I that? heard that too. Yeah. I think it's on the wiki, but the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of wrote like re listening to the album recently. It's like that. Um, this is sort of kind of how it was throughout the rest of blinks. Um, you know, albums is that Mark songs have sort of like more of a love letter, romantic broken heart vibe to him kind of thing. Yeah. When Tom's is more of a perspective of like the loser outsider, fuck girls, fuck people, fuck everybody, you know, fuck it all kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, which is like a great dynamic. And, and I think that's maybe why I like in high school was like, straight to the tom looks i was just like fuck everybody yeah. and like so and With uh your, your, wait did you still have the strap? no i had contacts at this point i was cool contact in high school you don't yeah. have do you have contacts now i have like i have like a pair that's like for on standby i don't buy well, glasses anymore. are cool again yeah glasses, well, are, glasses cool. are not cool again you're gonna go back to contacts <laughs> yeah probably high school i had contacts but uh they um no they uh had a it's a certain thing and i was and the thing is, is the Mark songs definitely now are my favorites of it all. And, and it's, it's kind of hard because it was, there was so really, much music I was it, taking it really in. Is still that big of it. Like it's gone that far the other way where you're like the Mark songs are all the highlights and the Tom songs. Like, are there any Tom songs that, that kind of like, what do you think about touchdown boy? 
Yeah, that one's great. And Peggy, <laughs> Peggy Sue is, I think, and yeah, I have Peggy a, Sue. Yeah. I wrote down that like Peggy Sue to me is like the, those are both of those. I think are two of the most underrated Blink songs. It is, and uh, Peggy Sue to me is. I mean, the, you had definitely you know the riff, the famous riffs of Cheshire and and M and M's has like kind of that crazy you know fucking. Um, you know, metal riff in the beginning. Kind of like the, the, that's kind of that similar thing you hear again in uh, like Dumpweed. Yeah. And then Tom brings to Angels and Arabs with like songs like Young London. Well, and that's stuff. what I'm saying. Like Peggy Sue, though, has like that, like to me, like it's like the first real catchy blink riff. Like, Peggy Sue? That like, like, the, like a damn it esque uh, riff in a way to me is like, it's one of them. Like, I think that's the catchiest song on this on the album in a way, like just because of just like that riff throughout the whole thing. And uh, I don't know, it's just one of those things that just sticks out to me so much compared to the rest of it that has sort of like this, you know, like, you know, the punk of the time, you know, kind of thing. And you can tell that they were taking influences and a lot of songs have such long instrumental things, which yeah. is one of the biggest things missing from California. If we're going all the way to the end is, I don't know though. Like uh, I, I, I kind of agree with you that there could be more of that on California, but I think it's prevalence here is kind of symptomatic. They haven't really found their footing as songwriters yet. I think you kind of see that when, true. when songwriters are, um, not totally f- comfortable there. They, they Singing tend to do a little bit more instrumental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like famously a Wilco album that was done after Yankee Foxtrot hotel mm-hmm. where they, which is like, you know, big one considered like a lot of people consider that their best. And after that they were kind of drained and there was the next album was just tons of guitar solos. Like, <laughs> and it's like a cool album, you know, but a lot of people, and I think they even kind of said like, yeah, we just were like burnt out. And true. I think jam. though, as like if this young kid is just so cool. Like it was awesome listening yeah. to it in the car. And it was just like fucking rocking. It, it, it sounded, it's like skate punk all the way. Like it's, that cool that that little Rido Cargo had, I think, really sums it up. That it just had this sound to it that was approachable and optimistic, you know, at a time. Um, for me, when I was listening to it, which was very uncertain, you know, like starting to go through puberty, sixth grade, you know, preteen age, it's a perfect time to hear this album. I think um, it allows you to forgive the the like, admittedly, not as great as their other stuff songwriting. You know, like. Um, there's songs that are they're fun, they're great, but you know songs like cacophony or whatever. I think just songwriting wise don't really measure up. Mm-hmm. TV, you know, I love TV though. I do too. I, I love all the I love all the songs. I mean, but um, <laughs> but I just think you know just from a songwriting perspective, they don't hold a candle to anything on Enema of the State. You know, yeah, I can um, see that. And I think hearing it at the age I did kind of allowed me to look past that and just see it for. Uh, the core of what it is, and I'm really thankful for that because this album is still to me. I can listen to it, you know, I listened to it a few times before we did this and it just, it just, the way it connected me in such a, such a strong way at that time kind of allows me to go back to it and feel that way with still looking kind of past its flaws and recognizing them, I think. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that if this were something I even heard at the time you heard it, it wouldn't quite have the same feeling I it think does it, for it, me. The thing is, it, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, you have a different, definitely different perspective. But yeah, for like, me, there's I some days it. I could say this is my favorite Blink album, you know? Yeah. Which, like, and I know it's not the best. <laughs> I know It's not even close. Like, I, it was one that I... Like it, I used to have a big before an iPod, a huge book of CDs, and it was played a lot. You know, like it was one of those when I eventually got like the full real version of it. You know, too, and it was played a lot, and it was like I loved it, and it was cool playing it for people like 
that maybe only knew, you know, all the small things or, you know, a rock show or something yeah. like that. And I'm just like, Charlie's fucking shit. Let me show you shit. what this real yeah. band is really about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. is it all the bands? What's <laughs> your garments? Just like fucking just fast and it got me into that type of shit. And it's almost like weird because, you know, it's backtracking on Blink and how we, we would say, you know, for me, I would say that, you know, the Untitled album really branched up my music tastes like a lot, you know, branched it out. Yeah. But like for me, it almost like got me into more faster punk, like with the Cheshire Cat, like kind of like listening to that and be like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. sick. And just like getting into just like really just like intense oh, sort can, of rock. And that's, you know, thing. that's um, appreciating absolutely the same here. You know, this was not only for me. Um, you know, I had my dad and my mom and their musical influence on me and those were, you know, paths I went to and discovered all the kind of music that they like. And now I like it too, cause that's how it works. Um, but Blink was the first time and Cheshire was the first time for me to kind of branch out from there. Like I got Cheshire based off of all the small things and aliens exist, but everything from there was based off Cheshire. So uh, I've never, I don't think I've told you this. So my first purchase was Cheshire. That was my first album, mm-hmm. right? My next purchase. So not only was this like, I bought an album now. Okay. This went very well. Like I really enjoy this whole <laughs> music thing and buying off online is a thing that worked very well. That was cool. It just showed up to my door. Space so, Jam soundtrack. My next purchase, <laughs> uh, wasn't. So again, this was just, I heard all the small things aliens exist. And then this album, I did Dookie. the, I, I, guess. I, I tried, to, <laughs> I tried to find stuff that was similar to this. So I inadvertently made like one of the coolest purchases sixth grader made, which is again, like I want to emphasize, like this is happenstance and fraud. This is half. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good. Like it is like tons of cool people. And then right, let me, like, the cool people. Okay. It was like. Hail to the Thief or something like that. No, God, it wasn't. Like, oh, yeah, I bought Cheshire Cat, and I'm like, what else is like this? And the internet recommends Hail to the Thief. Also, that was that was too... This was before that. This oh, was okay. like this was like a month or two after I got... This is still 2000, maybe maybe 2001. Um, I'll just tell you, it was a batch. It was a batch of box albums. Um, and one of the things was not like the other. Um, I got Lagwagon, uh, their album Double Platinum. Okay, okay. Uh, which was just the latest lag wagon album. I think I'd played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater around that time, and that that was also mm-hmm. confluence. And a Millencolin album, uh, No Cigar. What you call it, Millencolin? Millencolin. Uh, Millencolin. Millencolin. Yeah. I thought you said something else. Oh, I might have like yeah, No Cigar. I that was a classic off Tony Hawk. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, that wasn't no. That then that was the song off Tony Hawk. That the album I got, it actually didn't have that song. It was uh, Life on a Platter or something. I don't know their album names. I don't know. It's the album, the album cover I know is like a bird on a plate and it's like someone's eating the bird. Mm. Um, it's like really funny and it's cool. Uh, That's cool. And uh, Godsmack, uh, Awake, because I lived <laughs> in Bakersfield, the home of corn, and everyone was into that kind of music and people told me, oh, you should God. check out Godsmack. So wow, none of those albums really, you know. I at I the think time, Lagwagon and Melancholin are kind of like uh, same skater punk sort of. Oh line. yeah, I mean those sounded a lot like Blink. Yeah, for sure. Um, those hit the mark of what I wanted at the time. I, I loved all those albums at the time, <laughs> but um, they all th- quickly through kind of fell by the wayside. Lagwagon to a less extent. I still hold a soft spot for them, and maybe Melancholin, but definitely Lagwagon for sure. They've they're well, they're one I've gone back to and I've liked. But um, Blink was still there, the only one that I kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also forgot Offspring. Um, 
the the one with like the fire on the album ignition or something is that nxa on the number no um, no the one before that it was like smash it might be ignition before smash yeah i think it's just ignition um that was another one i, I love offspring like, so yeah i got this like really like cool early punk bundle of albums early 90s punk bundle <laughs> along with the latest godsmack release that's a random i had weirder shit than that like most of the first albums i had carrying around with me i remember the cds before when and i got into like music like this is before like this is after like space jam men in black soundtrack kind of shit you know yeah like you know it would have been like the mark tom and travis show um i forget what incubus album it was probably uh, wish you were here it's the one with the orange like orange make yourself i think it's make yourself but then, then probably I had a lot of like mix albums and stuff and Ryan yeah. radios part one through. I wasn't mm-hmm. into the illicit stuff as much as you, I guess. So. The illicit? Like the, the mix, the mix albums. You didn't, you didn't really do any mix CDs, huh? I didn't do like the but, illegal download. Like I, 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 I said that like, uh, I've, I told you this before, but like party song was on like four of like 12 <laughs> mixes. Right. Like, it was, cause that was a song that, that, you know, hit me going. I know? did, I did mixtapes based off of songs I had bought, you know, and there'd be occasionally like, once I got <laughs> I into didn't do like, the illegal downloading thing. No, that, just once I got into like, you know, right before I left California and moved to Arizona. And then that time when I was still right when I got to Arizona, there was a little bit of like, I'd get the occasional song, you know, from Kazaa and whatever. Um, and, that would I'd make some mixed CDs based off that, you know. Mm. Um, but I didn't do like the full. I didn't go like whole hog into it. I'd, I'd use it for like the like. That's how I first heard. Um, you, you didn't like your friends like pass around albums and you just like copy them all. You didn't do that stuff at all. Uh, we would do that a lot. Like, no, I didn't know. Like, like someone like, would get like fucking hybrid theory, and then we would the whole neighborhood would get it. So like, I had a, <laughs> I had my, my best friend at the time, Jeremy. We would just hang out and listen to Blink all the time, and we hung out so much that I I don't know. It just never really came up that we would trade CDs. Like mm. we was just I guess we probably borrowed each other's CDs, but we just listened to them and then hand them back. Like all through junior high, the CDs we listened to were Anima and Dude Ranch, Jimmy at World, mm. um fucking hybrid theory and Weezer blue and green album were like the only six albums we listened solid. to. That's a solid, like for, we played smash brothers and skateboarded for until high school. You sounds know, like you that. had a great junior high experience. <laughs> you did junior high, right? Like if I were to come up with heaven, like if I were, you know, to go to heaven as a junior high kid, as a ha- just, a half someone's pipe. like, what, how do you want to spend your time? half pipe? Remember that song? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know how I feel about I'm not positive on Green Album now, but I stand by, I would probably love it if I heard it when I was in junior high, and I feel like if I were to come up with an ideal junior high scenario. And I didn't even know existence. Pickerton existed. That's what's crazy, is like, didn't even know. Wow. Didn't even know. But I, no, don't listen to it as a junior high, it's just going to bum you out, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't even get it. Like, I wouldn't even, if I had listened to that junior high, like, I wouldn't yeah, have liked it. I would have been like, this is yeah, stupid. This is, yeah, it's dumb. Uh, but yeah, just be like, yeah, I just want to skateboard, listen to Bleed American, Enema State, Green, Blue Album, Weezer, and play Smash Brothers. And paper cut my Lincoln Park. Oh yeah, paper, yeah, paper cut by Lincoln Park. That's the perfect time to hear that album. Uh, yeah, so should we go over like what, so now. Well, no, yeah, no, we, we, like, we're talking about something totally else other than Shine Shark. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just kind of like wanted to, like I just thought like it was just interesting like that Peggy Sue Eminem's Wasting Time still one of my favorite yeah. songs ever. Um, I think it's it's still like my number one when I people say my favorite what, Blink song. What songs on this do you think um, now in 2016? Um, you know, the world's a very different place. Uh, you know, we're looking at 
a Clinton who's probably going to be in the White House. Um, you know, knock on wood. Pokemon Go. Yeah, just not Trump is all. Uh, again, again uh, to reiterate, the only political position uh, we will ever take on this podcast is just not Trump. Uh, <laughs> Kanye 2020. <laughs> so uh, we got Pokemon Go. Everyone's, you know, the new craze is everyone playing Pokemon. Um, which is what's going on, you know, and when you, yeah, that's the joke I'm making, right? Okay. Is that things are not different. (laughs) Star Wars. Thanks for spelling it out. Yeah. I was going to go down the list, but, uh, (laughs) we're all looking up to the new summer blockbuster. That's going to be the Star Wars movie. Um, yeah. So, you know, history repeats itself. Um, where do you think this album fits? You know, like, do you, um, it sounds like there's definitely, you know, Peggy Sue and Wasting Time are songs that you still think are relevant now. Are there songs that you think um, just kind of are... are is there don't? anything in here that you're like, ah, this is like a, the sound of a band not really finding its footing? Um, I can agree kind of that like Cacophony, um, uh, maybe like Fent, Fentuser maybe mm-hmm. is another one. Yeah. Um, I've really grown Third to like, like Strings for a while was one I would skip and now it's become one of my favorites. I really like, I've always liked Strings. That's yeah. always been one of my favorites. Um, I just like the, the melodies and the guitar riffs are fun. Something about the chorus didn't, I just didn't like it. I didn't like Strings, straight. Like I was just like, eh. like I didn't like it at one Nick. point. <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah. And then now I love it. Like it's one nice. of my favorites. I really like sometimes even that's how quick it is. Yeah. Um, like I, I still like TV, even though it's goofy. Yeah. I, and I mean, it's I like it, but I think um, there's something similar with all the songs you're mentioning, which I would agree, is that they don't. They're the ones that sound the least like the Blink sound, and mm-hmm. I think they're kind of emblematic of the band making music, but not necessarily honing in on what they want their sound to be. And Eminem's "Wasting Time," you know, the songs that I think hold up the best are the ones that's kind of nailed the mark um i feel like you could go through them you know there's a little individual reasons why i mean tv is um it's you know what it is is like a satire on like you know like how much we watch tv Mm -hmm. um, which is all well and good and cool but that that isn't really what blink does you know like they're not you know yeah it's yeah it's it's like a a green day song or something like that. exactly yeah that's more of a green and fent loser or fent loser whatever you say it um it just seems comes off as a little more mean-spirited than blink usually is you know like they're the one they're the bully in that song kind of i think yeah and um i think where they really excel is honing in on their like that like that cargo press release that they're kind of like the anxious optimistic viewpoint and the songs where they have that um like carousel you know like a tank of gas is a treasure to me i know now that nothing is free that line is so good because it's not only is it saying like i'm poor and i can't afford or at least you know i appreciate a tank of gas but um it it's like it's not just saying it's not saying woe is me it sucks like i hate being old because i can't buy gas Mm -hmm. it's just like I now appreciate these things yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that that's a very optimistic attitude and a very um, unique attitude that Blink has. You know, it's really easy to just have the cynical route of things. And I think some, one of those things that's special about Blink and from the beginning was the optim optimism about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's, it, it's true. Like you can pick out, there's like half the album I feel like is like what, you know, Blink took that part and kept going yeah. with it. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's still songs like I put in my, you know, Blink playlist and it's probably you know wasting time peggy sue um i don't even like really dive into carousel as much as i used to you know kind of thing like i, I maybe it's just because it's one of those i just heard a million times 
Um, M&M's is one that's like kind of had a resurgence recently back with me. Yeah. I think because uh, I was such like a not into Mark type of guy for a while. That's crazy know? to me and that you were like a not into Mark. Like, because <laughs> I was more into Tom, but I was never like anti-Mark. And I just, you just seem like basically Mark, like personality wise. <laughs> well, I think it's it's funny because I've, I've come to accept that. Like, yeah, okay, I am. <laughs> Except and your it's, inner Mark. It's, it, I'm telling you, it was not until after high school, I think, that Mark like hit home with me. I yeah. don't know what happened. Maybe it was the whole breakup thing that did it. I don't know. Yeah. Because, you know, it would have been... Blink break up. Blink broke up the year I graduated high school, so... Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Then the Plus 44 album. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But uh, I don't know. It's... I'm trying... Like, what about... um, I mean, you haven't really touched on the the joke songs at the end. There's like three joke songs at the end of the album. (laughs) Right. And those were all... like two and a half, I feel like. All those were new. You know, none of those were... They didn't re-record any joke songs. Because they had written a few joke songs um at that point um i as a kid like when i first heard it this was like the highlight of the album <laughs> for me and this was something that definitely i don't really listen to anymore um but for you know i th- i think um everything to say about him has kind of been said like it's fun i i i think the only thing i would say is that something that stands out to me still and something that I think kind of makes these still charming is that you really do hear the sound of some early dudes in their late teens, early twenties living out their dream and just like, we have a studio. We're just going to make sound effects and do dumb stuff. You yeah, know? Yeah, and there's fucking George there, of the jungle drums. and shit. Yeah. There's a really strong charm in that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it really adds to the narrative of like blink as a band of regular people. And he's like doing like the uh, Mark's doing the fucking lines from Airplane, like speak and drive. Yeah, yeah. She's jacking me up, Tyler. It's from, <laughs> it's from Airplane. Oh, Studis, I speak jive. But yeah, it's right. It's like just them goofing around and making sounds, and it's just cool to see that, you know. And and one thing we didn't really talk about at least a little bit was that that there's a lot of um, there's like two songs or so that have like the talking kind of thing in it, you know, sort of thing of yeah. just like Mark and Tom like fucking around and yeah, in like a bridge or something. Right. Well, Tom, it's like you're the tight end. I wasn't sure if you knew that that tight end used to be a wide receiver, but uh, little does he know. Yeah, he won't be alone this weekend, I don't think. That's funny that you say that because, uh, like a dog, he's loyal to his bone. That's just cool. Like touchdown boy has that. Yeah. Hey, they're like doing like a fake sportscaster. <laughs> I remember what I was gonna say. It um so that along with that like hey Tom you know like in the fourth song of the album you have them just like breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. and just like hey Tom blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, Mark I don't know and um this along like with, a dog she's loyal to his bone yeah <laughs> this along with uh, that that kind of like trio of like little things at the end um it, it really as the first album for me listening to this probably more than any other album would until Take Off Your Pants and Jacket which hadn't come out yet help solidified them as like this is mark tom and scott like these are three people and they're they're half jokes half serious you know like the idea of it being them being personalities i don't think would have been immediately um evident to me if i had started with enema Mm -hmm. you know i think so too so i like right off the bat was just like these are you know i'm hearing that and and i go who's mark you know who's tom who are these two different people singing Mm -hmm. um and it was cool to see that and the only other thing I'd add is that Romeo and Rebecca is a weird joke song for me um, because it's like 
maybe even still arguably their most musically complex song that they've ever <laughs> Which written. Which one is Romeo? That's, that's, uh, uh, sorry, not Romeo and Becca. Uh, ben Wallballs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you awesome. know, when I was a little girl or when I was a little boy, I don't know, whatever. That The lyrics are goofy is like, you know, they're insane. But uh, just musically, it's just it's objectively like their most complex song. Like there's like time signature changes. I'll, I'll drop some in here, but if you just listen, ignore the goofy lyrics and just listen to the guitar, the bass and the drums. I mean, you have like these like crazy drum fills, like shredding bass, you know, which you don't get from Mark until California, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Tom just doing like these like ska riffs and then like, like sick riff. always struck me as weird that they kind of wasted that on the joke song because i feel like that could have been um you're like the, another carousel you're saying you know? the same thing about um fucking bohemian rhapsody i wouldn't say this no i wouldn't say the same thing i know a lot of people say that yeah. but i think bohemian rhapsody probably it sounds like it took 10 minutes to yeah. i think it was tripping up a lot of people is that has that fast guitar riff mm-hmm. and if you don't play guitar it it's easy to assume that's hard to write but no, it's just like yeah little... if you play guitar you know like the bohemian rhapsody riff is just like like it would take it's just moving your fingers, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but Romeo or I'm sorry, Ben Wallballs has like legit, like it would just, it would be hard to play that. Like, I don't think I could play that live, you know, like I think I would mess that up, you know, <laughs> which I wouldn't say about a lot of Blink songs, you know, ben, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. like it just stops on a dime, you know, and then it would just go to like, Wallballs. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll drop it in. Let the you listeners yeah, decide. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if anyone else, I've never heard anyone say this, so, you know, maybe I'm just being crazy here, but, um, I don't know if anyone else has had that same thought, let me know. Cause you can help me feel less insane. Yeah. I mean, maybe, which is your favorite of the joke songs? I mean, I just love that, that, that very end, you know, probably with like the pens, but just like just them just kind of fucking around and talking to each Who other. Thought and you had like to that. throw the dick down the floor. Yeah. yeah. Down the stairs. He says. Oh, down the stairs. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's just goofy i don't know it's it's one of those things like i probably um like don't know those as well as like other blink joke songs i think you know because like i said this album was so really late in the game for me you know kind of thing i've yeah. already been like introduced to things like fucking you know family reunion and blowjob and country song and <laughs> i think a cool way that. to listen to this album and what i'm certainly going to do after this um <laughs> now that we've had this conversation i've i've kind of done all this research is listen to it um not with the mindset that like this is where it all began, but with the mindset of in the mid '90s there was this kind of scene happening in San Diego of melodic punk that was lyrics about relating to everyday life, mm-hmm. and this was sort of the cream of the crop. Wasn't really political. Wasn't really. No, it was just kind of about everyday life. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, admittedly, everyday life to that specific group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think this would in any way speak to like the black American experience or like the Mexican American white guy skateboarding, maybe even women. Yeah. This might, you know, it's a very specific demographic, (laughs) but 
Um, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, just yeah. it, it. You write about what you know. Yeah, you know, and um, it. But if if that's something that you know, I don't know. I think it's interesting to kind of listen to as like a document of of that. Apart from a document of the Blink history, you know, like oh, where it all began. But just like, um, yeah, Blink eventually blew up and became this whole other thing. Like Dude Ranch but, is more probably like a better representation of where it began. Like yeah. where Blink. Like, Dude Ranch. Yeah, exactly. Dude Ranch is better representation of where Blink began. In a lot of ways, this is where Blink sort of shed a lot of things. You know, it's, they're figuring it's, it out still. You it's know? a lot like Take Off Your Pants, I think, where <laughs> Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, where <laughs> it's a band in transition. You mm-hmm. know, um, which is something that um, doesn't get talked a lot about this album, but I think it really is. Um, and um, and I, I just think it's really interesting to hear it from from that point of view. Is just like this was forget Blink post that, but just think of it as like this was the biggest one of the biggest like indie rock bands in San Diego doing a kind of music no one was asking for on the charts <laughs> you know they're definitely just doing their own thing yeah and they were trying to represent probably their live experience their live experience with like the talking and the joke songs and stuff like that yeah and cuz um, they probably were doing fucking stupid shit on stage for so long yeah and i think i think in that context the the rawness of it and the energy of it it makes it hold up in a not only like does it make it hold up? But I think it makes it hold up in a way that's unique from all the other Blink albums. That's that's kind of what I have to say about I it. I think it does. I mean... This is their only album as an indie band. Like, I probably know? wouldn't recommend it to, like, a new listener right away. But I think it'd be great to for them... Like, it's, it's, it's something... Like, I think you're right. Like, putting it in the perspective of, like, knowing the time, knowing what was going on, I think really makes it something great. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to someone who heard California and was like, I want to know more about Blink, but I would recommend it to someone who is um, like into the descendants, you know, I mean, this is, they've always cited them as their biggest influence and you can really see the bridge here. Like TV is a song that descendants would have written, Mm -hmm. but it's not a song Blink would have written, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's just that little bit of distinction that they did write it. It was, yeah, (laughs) but they did. It's it's just even one removed from the Descendants. You know, the Descendants dialed it down to make it more normal. They just went even more like banal with their subject matter, Mm -hmm. Um, which is is like a fucking like like plane crash. Air Force One is like driving over. (laughs) 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 Well, um, we have been going for about an hour twenty. This is one of our longest episodes. But uh, is there anything you wanted to say about? That we haven't covered with Cheshire. Um, let me double check my notes. Um, I feel like uh, the only thing I, uh, I, I have I, to say I don't is know, something I I mean, and it's probably something I've noticed a long time ago, and I didn't like. Maybe I just didn't think about it. There's something I heard remembered recently when I was reading. What? God, I can't even talk to you today. <laughs> fucking too many like fucking little beers. Um, <laughs> is this your second second beer? <laughs> um, at, listening to M and M's and like. And like here in the line, you know, like buy some candy and cigarettes and we'll get in my car. Um, I'm like, oh, M&M's candy. Like I was just like, for some reason, I never really connected those dots. It took you this long? <laughs> like, why is the song called M&M's? You know, now that we've went over everything, I just want to get into some real deep stuff. You know, the candy he references in the song M&M's title? might be M&M's. <laughs> I just don't know why. Like that was something I wrote down. <laughs> 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 oh wow yeah so 
Awesome. <laughs> Maybe that's a good way to end it. <laughs> All these stories are sort of our, you know, secondhand. St- I mean, we're talking about stuff in the mid '90s as if it's like a Ken Burns documentary because we were six. And- oh, I remember the Power Rangers movie quite a bit. Well, yeah, we remember 95. the Power Rangers movies, but we don't remember <laughs> the stuff that was like actually happening. <laughs> I remember in third grade watching the O.J. Simpson trial on the on the TV. Oh, all right, well. But I don't. I didn't really get what was going on. Really, I was mm. just like, "Who the fuck's OJ Simpson? He killed his wife. That's all I know. I don't know. Any, I didn't know he was it. a famous fucking football player. Still about all I know. And he's in the Flaming Inferno, whatever the hell that movie is called. The Flaming Inferno. Yeah, Towering Inferno. He's he in was, that movie. Yeah, he's in that movie. No. He was like an actor for it and shit. Well, I think he's an airplane. We just talked about that. He's an airplane. Well, maybe no, no, no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of uh, something else. So we won't do um, probably our next one probably won't be another retrospective, but we will do some more of these. So I think in the next one, we're probably going to talk about that Tom documentary. Oh, right? yeah, that'll be fun. The, the earning ball thing. Hopefully someone will post someone on Reddit. Please post a link oh so we gosh, can download yeah. it. I just want to find it somehow to watch it. I'm sure it'll we'll, be we'll, somewhere. we'll find it. Um, but yeah, so if, if anyone if there's an album you'd like to hear us talk about, please let us know. Um, and even if it's not necessarily blink related, you know, just any kind of album in that, uh, that genre. Yeah. We're probably gonna, I mean, we're still, we keep saying this, but I'm sure one day we'll start getting into some other stuff like genre wise. Yeah. And I'd certainly, we still have a lot to talk about with blink. So we definitely do. Um, if yeah, so feel free to just, you know, tell us what to talk about. We'll, we'll, we love, uh, catering to, to you all. (laughs) That was really smooth. (laughs) Until then, take your... Oops. Until then, put your pants back on. (laughs) 